What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. We have a special guest here today to talk about the Detroit Pistons, some of the drama that's happened, and also some young players with Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes. Stay tuned to find out who that guest is on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Calm. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get 40% discount off a premium subscription. Go to calm.com slash NBA to use it now. I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. You can also find the podcast over on YouTube. Make sure go support the podcast over there, Locked On Pistons on YouTube. Even if you don't like listening to the visual version, you don't like YouTube, you'd rather stay with the podcast version. I don't blame you. But simply, if you want to do the best way of supporting the podcast, go over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, today, on today's podcast, we have a special guest. I've had you guys in my DMs for a long time wanting this type of crossover going on. So I got half the crossover to happen. Uh, we have special guest James Edwards III of The Athletic. Also, the co-host of your guys's, uh, hopefully most of your guys's second favorite show, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the co-host of the Bun and Carrigan podcast, James Edwards. Thank you for coming on, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, I can imagine people probably don't do the visual podcast much with that hairdo. Um, what, what's wrong with the hairdo? I'm just messing with you. Come on, cool. You knew it wouldn't be a, a, a Koo and James podcast if we weren't talking, talk, can I cuss on here? I forget. No, you can cuss on here. Just if not, we weren't not talking crap. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I'll, hey, I'll man, save I, you. I'll save you the trouble. Hey, as long as I apparently my my fiance, as long as I don't got the braids, he's okay. So <laughs> if I had the braids, she would be making fun of me too. So no, I appreciate you having me on, man. You've done a good job uh, since taking over. You had big shoes to fill. You've done well. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. That's my favorite saying, according to you guys. But let's go ahead and get right into it. So <laughs> there hasn't been much talk about this. We, as I've said on the pockets last few days we hit on it the day it happened uh and it's been talked a little bit on twitter but nothing nothing too big it's kind of like went under the the radar a little bit uh so i wanted to ask james about it there may not be too much news about it but definitely want to get his insight on it so a few games ago the detroit pistons they had some drama happen on the sideline it kind of it didn't blow up enough to where the broadcast noticed it um james himself told me before we started recording that he didn't really notice it until after uh, so it kind of went went by the side but um, when I was watching the game, I saw him do Diallo and Dwayne Casey get into it a little bit. Not not, not yelling at each other or anything, but just simply him do Diallo looked like he didn't really want to go into the game. Dwayne Casey told him to get into the game. He saw the attitude he had, called his, basically told him, bring your ass back here, get on the bench. And then we had another one of our listeners and fans, uh, Ellen, who was sitting behind the Pistons bench, took a picture of Troy Weaver coming down from his seating and talking to Hamadou Diallo and taking him back to the locker room. So, James, obviously, a lot of Pistons fans have been talking about this. Hamadou Diallo himself has been a topic because he hasn't been playing as much. Uh, what what was your takeaway? Do you have any insight or takeaways from what happened in that game? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see <clears throat> I didn't see the Dwayne Casey and Hamadou thing in real time. At that point, uh, the game was not worth looking up. Well, I was <laughs> I was in Cleveland for it, and at that time, I was trying to finish up some work, so I had less to do after. Um, and then I didn't see it. I mean, for those that don't know, like we're, we're usually going straight from the game to the press conference. So I didn't see it until way after. Um, once I saw the clip, it looked like kind of what you just described. Um, 
uh, Dwayne called for Hamadou to get in. Uh, it looked like Hamadou was slow to react and didn't get up with the urgency Dwayne would have liked. Um, it took Dwayne to get up out of his seat to and to get Hamadou to come up, and it looked like there was a, a little back and forth there, and he told Rodney Magruder to get in. I, I think it wasn't – I mean, you can understand Hamadou's frustration. Um, well, let me not say that. You could assume – that Hamadou's frustration is the only time he's getting in his garbage minutes. Uh, to be fair, though, um, he did not outplay Frank or Josh in to earn the rotation spot up until that point. So, um, yeah, I mean, when your coach tells you get in the game, you should get you're a professional. You get paid a lot of money. If that's what happened, it looks like that's what happened. Um, you, you get paid a lot of money to play basketball. So, um, yeah, that seemed like that that went away quick. Hamadou got in the game on uh, Saturday. What's today? Tuesday on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it seems like water under the bridge. I did see Troy and him walk back out of the tunnel. Uh, so, I mean, I know they have, they obviously have a relationship as I've, as I've written about before. Troy was part of the crew that drafted him in OKC. So um, yeah, I mean, it seemed like a little dust up. You can understand Hami's frustration. He hasn't been playing. Um, but at the end of the day, when your coach tells you you get in the game, you should probably get in the game, especially if you're a guy that young um, who's trying to get to play more, you know what I mean? So yeah, uh, yeah, just you don't really see dust ups like that. Detroit does a good job of keeping a, a tight ship, but it's uh, it was it, once I saw the clip, there was definitely something there. But it looks like it's it's water under the bridge now. Yeah, so I, I agree. It's not. I don't think it was that big of a deal um, from I, I'm, from Dwayne Casey's perspective. He's a, like you said, they've done a pretty good job around here. So I didn't really think Dwayne would make it a big deal. Uh, but from Hamadou Diallo's side, and we talked about this on the podcast the last few days. I just want to get your thoughts on it. So mm-hmm. I know Dwayne Casey has said that, and after I don't know if it was after the game or in one of the media sessions, like on a, on an off day, um, but he said that you know it was basically a fight between Hamid Diallo and Josh Jackson for minutes. That's yeah. that was the battle going on, yep. and he obviously he lost to Josh Jackson. Ever since then, after the first four games, uh, Hamid Diallo basically hasn't played except in a few games in, in garbage time. Um, so I I said this. I get why Hamid Diallo. I understand his 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 feelings and understand his his frustration, um, and I brought this up. So this is why I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I know that Dwayne again made it a Josh Jackson versus him argument, but Frank Jackson, from my perspective, when I'm looking at it from Hamadou Diallo, if I'm trying to put myself in Diallo's shoes, mm-hmm. it's like okay, I didn't play well the first four games. I didn't get I didn't earn my spot in the rotation. That's fine. And right. Dwayne Casey has said multiple times himself over the years since becoming the host or not host, the coach of the Pistons. That you know he's not going to gift minutes. We saw that a lot with Seku. That he's you know he's not going to gift minutes. You have to earn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm in Diallo's shoes, I'm saying they're like, okay, I didn't earn my minutes, but I'm currently watching, and I'll say it for him. I'll say it for a lot of people. I'm watching Frank Jackson play, who is who has struggled for 12 straight games. He's a I would scorer. say struggled shooting the ball. Yeah. Yes, he's he struggled to he struggled to do the job that he he brings to the table. Would you agree cool. with that? Fair. Okay. So he doesn't. He's not like a defender. He's not a playmaker. He's he's a hyper scorer, and he was doing a great job of that last season. He, apparently, he did a good job of that in the training camp and the and uh, leading up before he got his ankle injury. But he's struggled to shoot the ball all season. So I'm assuming Diallo's thinking to himself, you know, I get the I I struggled. I got yanked for it. Fair enough. But when do I get my shot to like re like to get a shot to earn my minutes back? Because it seems like Frank Jackson's been gifted minutes right now, no matter how bad he plays. 
what what do you what do you think about that? Obviously, I know Dwayne said if Josh first, Hamadou Diallo. Yeah. Do you think it could be like? Do you think Diallo could take some Frank Jackson minutes, or that's just never going to happen? It's just going to be strictly uh, Josh's minutes that he could take. It's a good question. Like I think, I think the thing with Frank and everybody was so accustomed to him shooting the lights out uh, since he's been in Detroit. I think it goes missed that like he's slowly kind of getting him back into form, like. If you look at, I think, one, two, three, four, five, the last seven games, he's at 36%, which isn't what Pistons fans have come to know about Frank Jackson. But if I'm not mistaken, like he's, uh, yeah, he was two for three against Sacramento, two for seven, had an off, off night against Toronto, but team one. In Cleveland, he was two of five, 0 for three, two for six, two for four. So, I mean, his last few games, if my math's right, it's close to 36%. So he's starting to get ready. And as you know, Koo, like, this team needs shooting. And I think Frank Jackson at the end of the day, um, he's obviously brought in to help space the floor, but he's subtle. Like he subtly does other things. He knows where to be. Um, he can get to the hole if need be. I think Dwayne knowing that this team needs shooting. He's, I think you kind of strip Frank's confidence. Um, if you, if you put him on the bench and you also already limited team that's limited um, in that regard. And we've talked about it before. Tommy and Josh in a way are kind of redundant. Um, so you need that type of player in your rotation, but do you need two of those type of players and do you need them to play together? Like that just seems like uh, a recipe for bad offense. And so I think it's always going to come down to Josh or Hami um, just simply because of what Frank brings to the table when Frank's in rhythm. And I know he hasn't been for most of the year, uh, but he is slowly kind of starting to find his form a little bit. Um, I want to say I have it up here. Yeah, like eight points, 14 points, 12 points, 10 points. Like not bad for your your 11th man. Um, it, but yeah, like you said, it, it was a it was a rough go to start the year, but he's slowly starting to to figure it out. And I think it was smart for Dwayne to stick with him because he if they're going to start shooting the ball well, like it's going to have to happen with Frank as part of the equation. It just is. There's just not enough pure shooters on this team. All right. Well, that's a good way to segue into our next topic, which will be about the offense in general, which has been – I think easily the biggest or the most talked about topic so far this season on this mm -hmm. podcast. I'm sure you and Nick have talked about it plenty of times. I'm, it's talked about nonstop on Twitter in the Pistons community. It's been really, really, really bad offense all year. So we're going to talk about that when we come back from this break. But first, I got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you guys about Calm. Do you, do you want to know what makes LeBron James, King James, sleep? That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime, sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge I have, unquote. So if you head to calm.com slash NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to nature scenes LeBron loves like rain on leaves and so much more like sleep stories and meditation so you can be ready for any challenge that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get 40% discount on the Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. 
Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Then I got to tell you about another one of our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving and all of the good foods and treats, and there's plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert that you guys will all love. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, with plenty of protein. Replace a coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. They're low calories, low carb, low fat, and it's high in protein. And it's also covered in 100% real chocolate that's soft and easy on the teeth to chew. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, just go for a Built Bar or two right now. Serve some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward, I promise. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. It'll make things a lot less awkward when you have to get together with her. New surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So go check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday as well. Make sure you go mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So let's go ahead and get back. Well, let me take this off the screen. Okay, let's get back into it. Uh, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Like I told you guys at the beginning of the podcast, if you want to do your best job at supporting the podcast and show you appreciate everything we do over here, go to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Subscribe. We just crossed over 500 subscribers. You guys know that the goal is 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Help us get there. So make sure, again, you go to YouTube at Lockdown Pistons and subscribe. Even if you don't like listening to the visual version, just go support the podcast by hitting that big red button that says subscribe on it. We'd really appreciate it. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and get back into what we were talking about. So we were just talking about Hamadou Diallo and Frank Jackson and kind of segued into the offense. So it makes sense that the Pistons play Frank Jackson because, you know, even though he's not hitting his shots right now, like you said, he at least like shows himself as a threat from beyond there still that Hamadou mm-hmm. Diallo simply just wouldn't be able to show him so fast. Um, and that, I want to take that and just segue that into the rest of the team's offense. Kelly Olenek is hurt now. So there mm-hmm. goes one spacer. The team is awful shooting-wise. The team is awful basically in every statistical category offensively. Um, I've talked about many times in the podcast, We I spent an entire podcast showing everyone the numbers of how slow they play uh, and transition, how, 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 and not even how often, what's the word, uh, how few they, they, they run in transition. Um, James, what's your overall thoughts on this offense before I start picking, asking minor details about it? What's your overall opinion about the offense we've seen thus far? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things. It's hard to get out and run when teams shoot well against you. Uh, when you're getting the ball out of your basket a lot, it's hard to get out and run. And I just think naturally, too, um, who's a – on this roster, who's a – a get it and go with great pace type guy. You know what I mean? Like to, to get it up tempo. That's not Cade's game. That's not Killian's game. Uh, Jeremy's really the, kind of the only one that, that kind of moves like a gazelle in a way. Um, and he's looking for the ball too at times. So I just think as they, they need to improve a little bit defensively. I, I don't think they've been as bad as the numbers show defensively. I think a lot of that is due to poor offense. Uh, that's, that's really hurt their defense. I mean, the turnovers are ridiculous. That's another thing um the passing in general um 
I know I think uh, our guy Motor City Hoops is looks like he's doing some. I'm doing something too on this eventually on the poor passes to shooters, um, the poor passes in general. Um, you expected that coming into here. It's something I think I definitely talked about in others. Like when you have a young backcourt like that, like history shows there's going to be a lot of turnovers, and there has been. Um, and then with Sadiq trying to expand his game, there's been a lot of turnovers. And Jeremy, um, I think he's the one. When I see kind of the discourse about Dwayne Casey's offense, um, I think one thing f- fans maybe miss is that I think there could be a little bit of rogueness, like guys going rogue. Um, and I think Jeremy at times goes rogue and kind of tries to create rather than continue to push through the flow. Uh, and uh, is that needed at times for this team? Yes, it is. Uh, maybe I think maybe it's one too many times he, he does it throughout the course of a game. I think when we see Jeremy's best games, they come within the flow of the offense. And that's also when we see the best. Like you look at that, um, was it Chicago? I mean, we could look at, there's a few games. I think there, I can't remember what it was, but I just remember one game. It might've been on the road. Jeremy had like 19 in the first quarter or first half. And Dwayne's like, yeah, we didn't run a play for him. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a lot of the case. I just think sometimes um, Jeremy's still in that process of of figuring it out. And this is a a team full of guys trying to figure it out. And when you do that and you make, and you make a roster that primarily of the rotation is super duper young. uh, I wrote this today. Like if you add up, Everybody in the starting lineups NBA experience, it still doesn't equal Blake Griffin. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, it's it's just a young team that's going to have bad decisions. The shooting s- surprised me. Like, I didn't think they'd be the best shooting team of all time, but I definitely didn't think they would be, like, on pace to be historically bad. And I still think that's going to shift um, as the season goes on. You're slowly starting to see it. Like I said, Frank's picking it up a little bit. Uh, Sadiq even is picking it up from three a little bit. Um and Cade's and Cade's finding his way as well. So um, I think when it comes to the offense and the offensive sets, I think there is stuff there that Dwayne is hoping guys get through. Uh, but I think there's a combination of guys going rogue. And I also think just from observing and, and knowing a little bit, I think there is a few guys who at times don't know what to do um, and I, or forget what to do. And I, it's, to me, it's a, a lot of this, and I, I wrote about it. The Pistons are going through puberty, man. It's the ugly stage. You see it. It's It's been some ugly basketball at times, but I don't think they're not trying anymore. Like, I, I don't think they're not competing. They're playing hard. It's just at a point when you go that young, the inexperience is shadows the 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 heart and the motor. Like, there's just too many mistakes because you have so many young guys you're, you're relying on. So – I'll, I'll respond real quick. Let me give myself a, a response real quick. Please, um, I, I expected nothing less when when we get together. We never agree. They, it's not that we don't agree. It's just I have a different. I have a little bit of a different opinion here. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. All right. So let, let me lay it out for you. Let me lay it out, and you can tell me how you feel about this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the other game against Toronto. Why did they win this game? Obviously, because they hit shots. They hit more shots than they do ever. Like that's so, obviously yeah. high on the list. Is because they hit shots. However, I think if you watch that game compared to their other games, I think one of the players actually came out after. I think it was Cade who came out and said they they played a little differently, moving the ball, uh, playing more freely in the offense, less uh, – I, f- I forget what the word was, but I believe it was Cade who said this. Uh, but basically my point is I feel like what you were mentioning about, about guys going rogue. I mean, I've actually seen some people say that as well, so that may be more of the case than it is Dwayne Casey. 
I think I, I know people I know people like to put it on Casey, but I, I really do from again from the little I know, I think it is a little bit more uh part of the reason than it seems to the naked eye. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll, okay, we'll take that into account moving forward. Uh, but still, I, I just like to point this out real quick. So with Jeremy, I just want since you brought up his isolation, I just want to bring up his numbers just to give everyone an idea of how how poorly he's doing this year. And so according to Synergy, he's scoring 0.78 points per possession. That's 28th percentile in the NBA. They rate that as the low average. Um, if you guys followed the podcast or followed me at all last year, you guys know that I talked about Jeremy's offense last year. I thought he was doing really good. Last year, isolation, I believe he was around the 70th percentile last year. He looked really good, mm-hmm. uh, but it could be that that was a one-year wonder kind of thing. And kind of, he was – we all know that he looked a little bit better before the Pistons got rid of Derrick Rose and, and Blake. Uh, and once he had more stru- uh, stuff put on his shoulders, it kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, but I just want to throw that number out there to give give what you were saying uh, a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, stuff behind it. But Certainly. Uh, this is something – this is another thing I want to bring up. So – if you and, and we talked about this on if you guys listen to the podcast, you guys know that we brought this up already. But last week on the podcast, I brought up how, Dwayne Casey's entire coaching career because I wanted to figure out is this something that's just something because you know, like you said, the Pistons are a young team, it's because they can't play defense, or like you said, they can't get the ball at the basket, you, know, you have to get the ball at the basket, etc. All that kind of stuff. Is it just because of this team that he has right now and his personnel, or is this something that's that's a Dwayne Casey philosophy with him? So I went back all his years with Toronto, and I believe I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I believe the highest one I, that the uh, the Raptors ever ranked in transition frequency at all his years in Toronto, I believe the highest they ranked was 21st in the NBA, the highest they ever ranked. And as mm-hmm. soon as he left Toronto, Nick Nurse took over. Obviously, Kawhi got there, but uh, as soon as he left, they've shot up and they've never ranked lower than sixth in the NBA. Now, since Dwayne Casey has taken over the Pistons. They haven't ranked higher than 25th in transition frequency. So from to me, it seems like we have enough evidence to assume that this is just something that Dwayne, it's just part of his philosophy. Maybe I, I've said myself that I think it's probably something that maybe it's his way of trying to limit turnovers and limit mistakes among young teams uh, in transit. He wants to get into his sets offensively in the half court. That's my, I, that's what my theory was. Uh, but either way, uh, I think, if it's guys just going rogue in the half court, I mean, there's not much I can – you can't put much of that on Dwayne Casey. But I feel like that this team definitely would be helped more if they simply played a little bit faster, which I believe they are starting to play a little faster as well. Yeah. Uh, through the first, like, week and a half of the season, they were last in the NBA in pace. Right now they're 18th, so they definitely have worked their way up to around middle of the pack in the NBA. Yeah. In and that's pace. a significant jump, too, from last yeah. to middle. Yeah, that's a significant jump. So I feel like what we've seen for them, I, and it kind of correlates with K getting healthy as well, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but it, I feel like if they – basically what I'm saying is if they play more how they did in Toronto, which I feel like they played differently. They made more shots, obviously. That's the main reason why. But mm-hmm. I feel like they moved the ball more. We saw more pick and rolls ran with K, Cunningham, and Killian Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my biggest issues that I've seen. Uh, there's been many games, I feel like, where even this last game where – and again, it could be just players going rogue, like you've mentioned. If that's the case, then it is what it is. But it's been way too much isolation, uh, less pick and rolls with your mm-hmm. ball handlers where they really excel at. Um, I just feel like that that's areas that, while that doesn't directly correlate to, you know, if guys just hit shots, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. I feel like it can make the off- help the offense a little bit more if they played that way a little bit more. Like maybe they don't hit more shots. Maybe they play that way 
and they still hit 25% of their threes. I mean, if that happens, then it is what it is. I feel like if you played that way more consistently, like how you saw in Toronto, or there's a few other games too that they've lost where they've moved around, played more ball movement, pick and rolls heavy, I feel like they would look like a better offense than how they did this past game when it was a lot of isos, a lot of standing around, et cetera. Um, Yeah. I th- and I you know no, I don't think you you made good points. I think um I'm trying to figure out where to start. Is there you want any... me you want me to yeah. give you an ad break and then we'll come back? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right. I'll, when we come back, we'll hear James' response to all of that. But first, I gotta tell you guys about one of our ads or one of our sponsors, Benline AG. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. You can also bet on things that don't involve sports at all, like reality TV, awards, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So go check out BetOnline AG and use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. So when we left, uh, we didn't get a chance to hear James' uh, response to everything I said. So I'm going to give James the floor real quick. But first, I have to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And make sure you go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to reach out. 1,000 subscribers. But go ahead, James. Um, So, Dwayne, from my experience being around him, which is pretty much <laughs> every day, uh, yeah. he does – he pushes pace. But what – I guess when people think of pace, they think of getting out and running in transition, which is part of pace. But also one thing he hits home, and if you watch it, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay close attention against against the Pacers. Um, he wants the ball to break half court by 21 seconds, by the 21 second mark on the clock. And there are times I think when the team gets a defensive rebound, if you look, how many guys come back to try to get the ball to push it? And I think that plays a part in it too. Um, I think people are still kind of trying to figure out their roles. Uh, sometimes you'll see Sadiq stay back and look for the ball from Isaiah. You'll see uh, Killian and Cade. So when you got three guys kind of lingering, it's kind of hard to push it. Um, and I know Dwayne does talk about pushing it. Like that's something of, of great importance. I remember there was one game. It uh, wasn't the Houston game. There was some game I think they lost, but they played with great. might have been the Orlando game because Cade had some good throw-ahead passes. There was one game where they had like great pace, and everybody's like, this is how we have to play. This is how we have to play. Like, so they recognize it, and they and they know it. I think it's just a matter of doing it. Um and like we said, they don't have any burners on that. Those guards aren't the quickest. Those guards aren't the fastest. Uh, they, they are turning the ball over in transition too. not just the guards, a lot of the team. Um, the spacing in transition is a key thing. Uh, figuring out where guys are going to be, um, having guys get into the correct spots to, to create advantages. I just think, and I hate to, to lean on this excuse, but if you, if you kind of just look at, the flaws that this team has, it really is kind of like not chemistry based, but like figuring it out based. Like I thought Cade's quote the other day when I asked him, um, I know everybody, I know you're competitive. I know everybody on the team is competitive, but it, it, 
is it can you still take a step back and keep the big picture in mind and i thought he said a, a great quote he's like we're still trying to learn the league the league isn't going anywhere and i think they are trying to learn the league i think th this pistons team is playing a much is trying to play a much different style than last year's team like if people forget this pistons team a year ago they started 3 and 10 but they had Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose and Jeremy Grant and they played a much slower style um, a much different style. I think part of the transition numbers in Detroit being low is, I mean, Blake was pushing the ball a lot um, and, and, and initiating the offense because that was the best way for the team to win. If I mean, you know that, coup, have Blake mm -hmm. have the ball in his hands at all times. Um, I, I just think it's a team feeling it out. And I genuinely think once it meshes, I think it's going to look, I, th I think we're like maybe a week or two away from it looking prettier. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and win more games, but I think we're getting closer to this team uh, being a little bit more competitive. And if you look at the Kings game, yes, that first quarter was abysmal. Um, and I know people are like, oh, big whoop on, on this one. But they only the Kings only outscored them by three the rest of the, the rest of the game after that first quarter. So there's the starters kind of learn what it takes to start games. Kay talked about that too. Sadiq, he's like, we got to represent the organization better and not start flat. I think a lot of that had to do with missed shots. I mean, they were missing bunnies, as you know. Like it was, it was hard to watch. I, I genuinely just think they're trying to figure it out, and um, I think they have the the right cast of characters. That once it does gel, there's no egos, and I think the roles are going to settle themselves. I, I think it's just so early. Uh, how many three weeks? I think yeah. it's still just fairly, and it, only what a week and a half with Cade, two weeks. Mm, um, yeah, November second. Exactly, it hasn't even been a full month. So, I understand people's frustration. I hope that's not like uh, I hope that's not coming across like I'm not uh, sympathetic toward it. But what is it? Third youngest team in the league, and um, every four of the five starters could start on a college basketball team. It it takes it takes, and they're also it's. I think it's also hard to adjust to. And we've talked about it specifically with Sadiq because of how he started the season with the ball in his hands more. I do think it is hard to adjust to um, such a ball dominant. It's not the word because he's not a ball hog, but I mean, a guy who you need to have the ball in his hands. Like that's the best chance for you to win. I think it, that takes a little bit to adjust because everybody kind of moves down in the pecking order. Um, and they're still trying to figure out Cade and learn Cade. I, I think it's, for me, it's just a gelling thing. All right. Fair enough. We'll see what happens. It is very early in the season. I've, I've brought it up myself. I very much have disliked the offense, but I have said that, you know, it is early. It's 13 games. Uh, what is it, 12, 13 games, somewhere around mm -hmm. there? It's an 82-game season. Hopefully it gets better. They are young. They could get better throughout the season. Uh, you don't expect the shooting to continue to be historically awful, yeah. um, but 13 games is a pretty long time. That, that's what had me worried. 13 games is a pretty long time to be historically awful shooting-wise. That That's a little bit more <laughs> than just like a like a little slump. That's a yeah, pretty no, damn long fair. time to, to I'm shoot definitely... pretty badly. I'm definitely not as confident that uh, they're like a that they'll settle somewhere like 20 to 22 in the three point shooting percentages. But I still just find it hard to believe that they're going to be like dead last or like historically bad. I just. Oh, yeah. Right now they're shooting 29 percent last in the league. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no history. There's no track record of Sadiq Bay being this bad of a shooter. You know what I mean? And yeah, even though Frank only has one year of like being a good NBA three point shooter. Like his years in New Orleans was like mid thirties, low. Like it wasn't like thirty; it was like thirty three at its worst. Mm -hmm. 
even Jeremy's like shooting throughout his career, especially as of late has been, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong in, in the Wilson ball is a curse, <laughs> but we'll see. Oh yeah. That apparently that ball is like the biggest deal of all time. Cause everyone's <laughs> just complained so much about it. It is um, slick. I, I did. I did touch one there. They are, uh, they are definitely not broken in. I could say that and you enough. know what it's like cool when you like get a ball, a ball out the box. Like those aren't, no, yeah, I said nobody like, loves Tune, hooping with those. Adjusting to a new ball is definitely an adjustment, but damn, last yeah, <laughs> you can't use it as an excuse for sure. You can't use it as an excuse, not not anymore. Um, all right, so I know we're running up against the clock, but I did want to get these questions to James real quick. So we'll try mm-hmm. to get this one quickly out. So two quick questions for you, James. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, Isaiah Stewart. I've brought up the concern throughout the off season, um, and we are trying. We're, we're going to try to make this quick hitters for you guys, but. Isaiah Stewart, throughout the offseason, I questioned whether he would fit the best with the starting lineup. Uh, I, I also questioned whether he was legit, ever going to be a legit outside shot or outside threat. So far this season, he's only taken nine threes. He's shooting 11%. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like he's taking a little bit of a step forward defensively, I feel like. Uh, but sure. offensively, I feel like he's – I think there's room to be – again, it's early, but I feel like you can just see the type of player he is, and I'm worried that that's not the type of player that that starting lineup needs uh, specifically their guards, because if you're looking at their guards, and I guess I'm, I've realized this, and this is a point of view that I, I guess I haven't really admitted. I guess I'm looking at this from a point of view of trying to make the backcourt work. If you mm-hmm. want Killian and K to like really develop their best and 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 keep going the way you want them to go, I'm worried about Isaiah Stewart being the best fit with them because he's not much of a lob threat at all. He's not even posing himself as a as a threat outside of like six feet, like it'd be different if you're shooting and missing right now. He's not even shooting outside of six feet mm-hmm. and they don't really run pick and rolls that much. I feel like, but he's not much of a role threat either. Uh, what, what's your thought? What's your quick thoughts for Isaiah Stewart in the starting lineup? Cause I feel like they have looked a little better when you just pick one of the two. Like if you, you have Kelly Olenek out there to space the floor or last year with Killian, when he had Mason Plumlee a lot threat out there, what, what's your thoughts real quick on Isaiah Stewart with the starting lineup? Yeah, I mean, I understand. Yeah, he's not a uh, he's not a vertical lob threat. Uh, the shooting isn't something he's really looking for right now. Uh, so I definitely get that. I I just think that there is something there that I think with time could manifest into something. I don't want to say special and like overhype it, but you know what I mean. Like I think there is that type of guy in there, and I think it's worth going through the the bruises and lumps because when the Pistons settle on the team they want to settle on and, and really turn the corner. The hope is that like Isaiah Stewart, if he's starting like your fifth offensively, your fifth most important starter. Um, so you're like obviously that pecking order is there now, where he's like the fifth most important offensively. But you, you want to have a, a few more threats around him, and I think it, it would work. Um, I, I, I I'm just in the he's a tone setter defensively. I think he's been really good this year. Um, obviously, some guys have have had good nights against him, but. I mean, I, the one that comes to mind is like Lamarcus Audras, but he's had a good night against everybody this year. Uh, I I just think I like I like what Isaiah brings on defense. I like the energy he brings, um, and I think he's. Just, I, I just think he's willing to learn, and I think it's going to get there. And I just think he's guy a guy that really, when you see the experience kind of starting to to pile up, you're going to see a different player in like two or three years. But I understand the concerns for sure. All right, fair enough. And then last question, uh, we. I know some of you guys may be like, oh, my God, Koo, come on, hurry this up. Uh, but last question. Killian Hayes, he had his best game, I believe, of his career last week. Uh, I believe it was against – was it against Toronto? Was that the game he had the double-double yes. against Toronto? 
Yep. Yeah. So he had his best game of his career against Toronto. Then he came back out with a with a uh, a zero point game uh, against the Cleveland with the Cavaliers. That it happened. No. Monday was Kings. Uh, Kings. 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 Yep. All right. So what's your overall thoughts on Killian Hayes this year? I've mentioned that I feel like he's I, he's obviously very much struggling. I feel like from two point range, but he's taken clear steps forward defensively and in his outside shot. Uh, and he's only thirty seven games into his his career. He still has a long way to go, and the future could be still very bright for him. What's your overall thoughts about what you've seen from him thus far? Yeah, um, I think the big thing is, like you said, defensively, he's there's been games specifically like the last week where he's just kind of been everywhere, and I think that's a good sign as the head of the snake to 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 start the defense. And I think him and Isaiah as a as a guard, big man, even Cade to an extent. I mean, I think that team potentially is going to be really good defensively with with more time. I just I just the chops that those guys have, I think it's gonna it's gonna work out. Um, I think it's, it's good that a lot more that the majority of Killian's threes this year have been spot up feet set threes. Do I believe he's a 40% three point shooter right now? No, I don't. I think that'll level out. Um, but I definitely do think there are improvements there. Uh, I think there's been, t- I mean, he makes, he's a very good passer. Uh, I, I think he reads the game. Well, I think the big thing with him is getting inside and I, th- I think he's he's attacking the rim how you want him to attack more as of late like he's putting his body into guys that's a good sign the shots aren't going in and they, they got to start going in uh, but I think you're seeing incremental growth and that's important and I know everybody wants instant gratification I know people want things to happen fast I know people are into points and all that stuff but uh, I think it is encouraging that you are seeing incremental progress from Killian um and it's not stagnant or he's not regressing. It might not be what you want. It might not be the leap that you, that you were hoping for, but there is, there are improvements. So um, I, I don't think he's as bad as maybe people look at the numbers and, and say, um, but yeah, I, I like, I like the stuff he's done defensively. And I, and I think he has made a concerted effort to be more aggressive when attacking the rim too. All right, fair enough. We'll leave it off there. I just want to point out that James brought up how he's a good passer. He reads the defense as well, so maybe we should run more pick and rolls. I'll continue to say that. Uh, but... but then, hold on, hold on. Oh no, not, this isn't for you. This isn't for you, but it's it's for people who are like. So my mentions are filled with <clears throat> why is Killian standing in the corner because Cade's running the pick and roll. Why is Cade standing in the corner because Killian like one of them's got to kind of stand in their spot. And for Cade, he's a good spot up shoot. Like it's just. There's a, you know what I mean? Like fans want two basketballs out there at the same time, and and Isaiah and Jeremy each setting screens for for Kate. No, the off ball, the, the off ball play has definitely. I feel like I think they found something where Killian is. It looks like he's improving pretty good mm-hmm. off ball, but I, I again, I just I just feel like that there's been too many there's too many stretches where it goes like we we'd be here for another hour, but I like <laughs> there's too many stretches where I feel like we have they they run this offense with like a handoff with Isaiah Stewart and translates into a long ice drawn out ISO too many stretches where, cause I, Isaiah Stewart doesn't really provide, a, I got to stop it there. I'm, I'm, I'm I think he will, he will improve, I think he'll improve greatly as a screener. I think that is something they're yeah, that, focusing on. Yeah. That's somewhere he has to improve on, but yeah, we're already at 40 minutes way over. I know you guys, the, my bosses are going to kill me, uh, but it was great content. We got James on here. I know you guys really want James on here. I made it happen. James, thank you for coming on, man. Make sure you guys go check out James and all his work at The Athletic on Twitter. Follow him at JLE or JL Edwards the third, uh, And also go check out him and Nick's – and you guys know who Nick is. I don't even got to say his last name. Him and Nick's uh, podcast, The Bunny Carrigan Show. 
make right after you guys make this one your guys's first list of every single day make sure you guys do that <laughs> uh but james thank you again man for coming on. i really appreciate it yeah no problem at all Coop. good talking with you man absolutely all right and i will catch you guys on the next podcast and go pistons <laughs>